What is up, friends and family? It's time to do another. Whoa. Let me try that one again. Sure. What is up, friends and family? It's time for another episode of Hype is My Superpower. I'm one of your hosts, Steve Storman in Brooklyn, New York, and joining me via the miracles of modern technology, it's my good buddy, Will Freeland. Will, what's good? Hi, man. Hi. Uh, <laughs> it's been a minute. Uh, recording it, a little late this like, week. Yeah, we are. I was going to say, it feels like it's been so long since I've seen I you. Know. I see you every single week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, so to segue from that, oh. uh, so there's two reasons why I read more comics than usual, like mm-hmm. if I'm diving into comics a little bit more, and that's either because I'm really stressed and I need a an escape, or yeah. I'm traveling. And I had both of those (laughs) last week. And so I have comics. (laughs) Okay. I also read more than usual. And I also have two reasons that I tend to read more than usual. And one of them is also if I'm stressed. That was not as much the case this week. Uh, The case is more that most of the comics are pretty forgettable. And so I read them quickly. (laughs) (laughs) and i'll just breeze straight through them i ended up with a lot of notes but uh i think it's gonna go fast anyway so yeah what did you what did you read what's what's your list and then i'll tell you my list yeah so typically i read three sometimes four books um this week i read nine so (laughs) so i i i've been i've been stressing about how I'm going to talk about these quickly. Um, <laughs> like most of them are like, I can sum it up in like three or four sentences. And if you want to dive more in, uh, we can. But so I read um, another volume of Amazing Spider-Man, Nick okay. Spencer, volume eight. Oh, nice. Um, <clears throat> it's called uh, Threats and Menaces. I read sure. Iron Man 2020, Robot Revolution, okay. which ended up being kind of like, so I was saying I had like side books and stuff. Right, there's, right. There's two Iron Man 2020 side books. Okay. And um, basically what they're trying to do is they were trying to do what Spider-Man does because there's so many Spider-Man um <laughs> <laughs> uh characters that you can oh, do okay. a big story and then have like five or six books on the side oh um, yeah and so they were like hey iron man has a bunch of plus ones let's try mm-hmm. to do the same thing and it didn't fully work they were they're only able to get two books and each book is like three stories two to three issues each some of them work some of them don't Mm-hmm. But yeah, so it's basically kind of like one thing. So that's three books right there. Um, <laughs> I read uh, the first volume of the new series of Guardians of the Galaxy, oh, cool. um, which takes place after um, like the last volume we we read is uh, where Rocket was like dying. And, oh, right. Um, yeah. He was, super, he was uh, he's right. living on Half World, which is where he's from, blah, blah, blah. So okay. there'll be some more diving into that. Another another volume of Daredevil. Uh, Zadarsky's run volume four which kind of I think it completes Zadarsky's run on Daredevil wow okay Um, it kind of it feels like it kind of got to a good end Avengers of the Wasteland um, (laughs) just real quick I'm glad we're at the point where you talk about a title and we've already talked about it before so I'm not going in like totally blind right right yeah yeah, uh, you know, no pun intended because it's Matt Murdock, but yes. Um, <laughs> so okay, uh, with, yeah, yeah. So this week, this week, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this week is full is full of like, hey, remember last time when we talked about? So, yeah, um, love that. This will be fun. Um, Avengers of the Wastelands is them really just not letting Old Man Logan verse die. <laughs> um, 
so where where old man logan is from is called the wastelands um, oh okay and yeah it takes place like x years so we'll get into it but um okay, <laughs> okay. ghost rider volume two hearts okay. of darkness two takes, oh yeah picks up from danny ketch became the spirit of corruption and johnny blaze being the king of hell is starting to get corrupted by the crown basically Yep. Um, and it actually makes me think of a, uh, there's this running theme that uh, I kind of want to talk about in a little bit. And then the last thing I read, uh, which I discovered from Iron Man 2020, one of the side books, is something that happened before 2020 is a series called Outlawed comes up after a one shot called Incoming. Incoming is one issue it was borderline impossible for me to find by itself. And so I bought it on Amazon Kindle and I read that. Look at you. Okay. Um, incoming is also the setup for Empire. It's kind of like Empire oh, issue zero. Oh, okay. Um, so the road to Empire book might actually have incoming. <laughs> uh, but you didn't want to let yourself get tainted I wasn't with the possibility home, of So sport. I couldn't check. <laughs> okay. All right. So <laughs> and so and that was uh and then uh outlawed the the like crux the the event that happens that creates outlawed is outlawed issue zero and i was going to get stressed trying to find that however that issue zero is included in champions outlawed and that's back there and so the next week there's two outlawed books there's champions and there's miss marvel okay Um, so we'll get the fuller story those down the the line okay cool cool. is that all nine that's quote-unquote it <laughs> what did you read? <laughs> I read Kitty Pride Agent of Shield. Right. Wolverine Days of Future Past. So that's the Days of Future Past Wolverine. A one-shot called Tales from Age of Apocalypse Sinister Bloodline. A short arc on Wolverine. Uh, uh Heroes Reborn the Return. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. And the start of yet another fucking ongoing series, Quicksilver. Quicksilver uh, Silver so, solo title. I've I've had I've only had one Quicksilver solo title in my comic book journey. Are you thinking of Son of M? No. The one with the Terrigen crystals and the uh yeah, so that was getting so that his was powers in, back after uh, ending. Silent War. Ah uh, um, okay. A lot of that was explored there. Quote unquote crossover, but it, it, it was basically just Quicksilver versus Inhumans. But, <laughs> but no, he had a one shot at the end of an Avengers run because he got stuck in time. He got stuck frozen in like a time space. Uh, it was at the end of No Surrender where they're messing with reality and the son of the grand or daughter of the grandmaster shows up and inserts herself into reality and blah, blah, blah. blah. Sure. All right. You want to you want to start us off? <sighs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So okay. I have I have notes on like two thirds of these. So okay. the others uh, that I don't have notes for, I remember the takeaways, and then we can just go from there. <laughs> okay. But so Amazing Spider-Man Volume Eight is the first thing I read. So <laughs> there's a lot of takeaways here. I'm just gonna read the list, and if you want to jump into any of those. Let me know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you have like a top line plot summary or like just oh, like a one sentence? Like, well, 
So it's basically because the last time we saw last volume of uh, Amazing Spider-Man was the 2099, right? Yeah. And so basically there's so there's more clairvoyant stuff going on, the little future predictor thing. And it's basically kind of moving. This volume existed to move some plots along and get people like excited for what happens next. Mm -hmm. Um. So so we get introduced to a handful of other new things. We see uh, who's behind it all. Oh, something we haven't talked about is on Nick Spencer's run, Pete is roommates with Robbie Robertson. um, Oh, okay. uh, Junior. (laughs) Uh, Oh, okay. Sure. Robbie's son. And then also, I forget his real name, but Boomerang. Oh, Um, okay. So Boomerang is his roommate. And so it's this weird thing between the two of them uh and so they have this like buddy cop set in the like second half of this basically go and and they talk about it a little bit but there's this thing called the lifeline tablet that has been a MacGuffin in a handful of um spider-man stories okay basically the tablet is broken up into six pieces and boomerang knows where they are and he needs spider-man's help to go and find them all (laughs) okay sure yeah yeah (laughs) okay so the takeaways i have a whole page of takeaways here let's Um, go let's go so this is just kind of like a table contents of what's happened so big takeaways uh jjj works at um threats and menaces it's this online basically buzzfeed tmz um (laughs) uh, article place now jj seems like a nod to where he's being positioned in the next movie at least from the from the oh. post-credits scene in uh far from home yeah yeah i agree so to, to go off of that he has a podcast <laughs> and on his first podcast uh spidey comes in and they have like they they talk <laughs> yeah, yeah um there's this guy chance He's kind of a bookie and just like loves making bets on the probabilities of everything. Okay. Um, and then he also tries to set it up so he wins kind of a thing. Like that's his like villain arc. So Chance owns a casino. Um, and in that casino, basically you can place bets on every superhero fight that's going on. Well, so it's like yeah. that. So there's your typical casino and then there's like the VIP area. Um, oh, okay. The play, I forget where that room is called, but it's not that important. And you can place bets. He has drones everywhere. And so say you see Spider-Man fighting Rhino. And then you can you can place bets on who's going to win, how long the fight will take, um, <laughs> how much property damage uh, will happen. You can place That's awesome. bets small things like what kind of quip uh, Spider-Man's <laughs> going to do. Like, uh, it's a little bit of everything. What I really appreciate about this casino is because of those cameras, I can see when this series is set. So I can make sure that I, I'm like even with all my other co- <laughs> comics. Um, and so we have Strike Force in here uh, mm-hmm. fighting Ghost. And I don't okay. think I've read that yet. Oh. But then I also have Deadpool versus Craven's son, which I just right. read like two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. So I'm golden that. there. <laughs> <laughs> but so that's been oh, and then it also has um Immortal Hulk fighting Zemnu, which I read uh-huh. in volume like seven uh, like sure a did. month ago. Yeah. Yep. So uh oh, and there's also a shot of Star. She is oh, that's another one I read this week. I didn't tell you that one. <laughs> 
<laughs> she is ca- the the like three word version is Captain Marvel's Venom. <laughs> oh, um, okay. okay. <laughs> she's a, she's an angry reporter that that was wronged by Carol, and then she got powers, and we'll talk about that. I guess, sure, it takes bit. all kinds, I suppose. Yeah, Jamie, the guy, the ESU student with Peter, he takes clairvoyant and he goes to the casino, Chances Casino, and he's placing bets and he's winning a crap ton, <laughs> winning all kinds of money. So that's shown as like a something else is going to happen. Uh, that guy Boomra, the 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 like bug mummy guy that oh uh, right, I'm yeah. stressing out about right, right, um, right. We see him and he somehow resurrects this guy, Sin Eater. Um, Sin Eater, he has a very basic uh, getup. It's just like a green jumpsuit and a purple um, mask. Yeah. Uh, And he is iconic. So he was introduced in the 80s. He's he's iconic to the Spider-Man verse because he's the one that killed Captain Gene DeWolf. That is... A uh, Gene DeWolf was kind of the first detective or police officer that worked hand in hand with Spidey. Oh, um, okay. And so it's this like iconic um, death. Uh, sure. Captain Gene DeWolf. And then a-, a little bit after that is when you have the death of Gwen Stacy. Oh, okay. Um, uh, and oh, Captain so way Stacey. back. Yeah. 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 Okay. So Sin Eater. So Sin Eater, he used to be, gosh, what is his name i guess his real name doesn't really matter but uh, <laughs> he, used to be, he used to be a shield agent and then he was in the r&d in shield and he they decommissioned his projects and he was like experimenting drugs on himself and stuff ended up getting disgruntled and angry and so he quit and he became a detective for the new york police department and then uh, he becomes Sin Eater, goes and kills Captain Gene DeWolf, and then gets messed up by um, Pete, uh, by Spider-Man and Daredevil, to the point where he's actually crippled in jail. And also, as far as like Spider-Man maturity is concerned, um, this is before Pete really figured out how to like hold back. Because uh, okay. keep in mind, this is even before he quote unquote killed Gwen Stacy. So like right. he doesn't really know what his strength limits are. <laughs> I, uh, I have it up right here. Uh, Sin Eater's real name is Harrison Eater. No, no, it's not. I'm full of shit. I'm, I'm no, I was like, no, I don't think it is. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so he killed uh, Captain Gene DeWolf. Uh, he go, he commits suicide by cop. Okay. He takes, he takes an unloaded shotgun and yeah. um, gets uh, goes and gets shot down by the cops. When he dies, his identity comes out, and that identity is the identity that, that got exposed that Eddie Brock was wrong. Um, mm. Eddie Brock made his career exposing someone else as Sin Eater. And then when that came out, uh, that it wasn't him, Eddie Brock was disgraced. And that's what started his downward spiral into hating Spider-Man. Oh, oh interesting. So, so Sin Eater himself is like tangentially uh, very key to the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Um, <laughs> interesting. But, he's, but he himself has only been around for it. Like he died, you know, back in like right. the 80s. Right. Uh, and so he's been brought back since by of this course. guy. Of course. Um, 
There have been, I think, two other Sin Eaters, um, but this original Sin Eater died, sure. you know, 30 years ago, and, and yep. now he's been revived. And he's been showing up in, like, at the end of some of these issues, they have, like, a side story of, like, hey, this is what Overdrive is doing. Uh, yeah. Or this is what um, the, the Lethal Legion are back. And anytime it ha- ends with that side story, it has Sinitor in the background being like, hmm, like following <laughs> all this stuff going around. So yeah, yeah. that's going to come to uh, bear. Actually, the next book, the next Spider-Man book I have to read has Sinitor on the title, on the cover. So okay, we'll see how that goes. Um, let's see. Chance gets weaseled into a bet uh in his own casino that he won't build that he can't get spider-man's web shooters <laughs> and so he shows up and just the side thought that spidey has in like one of his old thought boxes is he's just like honestly it's nice seeing old villains like uh, <laughs> he just like he knows that they're still around he knows they're doing okay <laughs> and like you get you get a lot of that um throughout the book of just like spidey still kind of cares about his baddies yeah um that's and it's fun to just have him just kind of like oh hey you're still here you're still good (laughs) Uh, so that was fun and then after that whole spiel basically he doesn't get the um he doesn't get the web shooters in time it's not a big okay And then we have the Tablet of Life. It was a MacGuffin for like Silvermane. It was a MacGuffin for Kingpin, for the Lizard. Hammerhead had it for a little bit and he became an ultra powerful being of light. um, uh, And then Doctor Strange banished it to another dimension at the end of it. And so somehow it's back and we don't know why. It got back and there's this antiques dealer that came across one of the pieces and Doctor Strange was like, I'm going to let, I'm going to teach you this basic spell uh, for you to keep track of where everything is. And then the antique sealer is about to die and boomerang is right there. And and so he's just like, here, I'm going to transfer this magical knowledge into you. Um, Please, please protect the tablet of life. Boom. Okay. So he dies. Boomerang knows where everything is. Kingpin's trying to find the tablet. So he asks Pete to reach out to Spidey and be like, "I, I need his help. And they basically have this like buddy cop uh, jaunt around New York City to go and find the the uh, pieces. And the last piece first also turns out Kingpin wants to use it to revive Vanessa, his wife. Mm-hmm. That's his reasoning. the The final piece is the final piece is in the sewer, and the sewer is infested with a crap ton of clones of vermin, like just like swarms of vermin. And the reason why I bring that up is because vermin is kind of one of the only uh, villains that Spider-Man hasn't been able to beat because it's just like this feral, super strong animal. So when he first came across it, he couldn't beat it. And that led into uh, Craven's last hunt that like I, the iconic um, storyline where Craven takes over Spider-Man. Right. Yep. yep. Um, so he poisons Spider-Man and quote unquote kills him, buries him in a grave, takes on, he wears the black suit and goes and fights Vermin and beats Vermin. And so by beating Vermin who beat Spider-Man, he sees himself as better than Spider-Man. <sighs> but anyway, <laughs> so 
when Craven did a um, hunting grounds cross uh, event not too long ago where he took over Central Park and invited every single animal themed Spider-Man uh, <laughs> character and just locked him in the park. And it was just like, have fun. Last one standing. Basically a uh, um, Hunger Games type thing, but with all the animals. Okay. Uh, and he had just a swarm of vermin clones in Central Park also. And so apparently, as we find out here, at the end of that, all of the uh, vermin clones have ducked away in the sewers. Sorry, I just had to check real quick because I just read a, a one of the comics that I read this week also had a character named Vermin and I had to make sure they weren't in any way related. They're not. Oh, okay. <laughs> More vermin. Cool. Interesting. Yeah, the only time I've ever seen vermin has been uh, Spider-Man. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, completely unrelated, different vermin. Um, and then the final kind of uh, boss, quote unquote, is this guy Dog. He's giant, and there's a reason behind that. But so it's not to be confused with Mangog. So Mangog okay. is a Thor villain. Okay, and how and about then, Gog and Magog from Mojoverse? No, <laughs> <laughs> because too many, <laughs> too many names recycled. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, seriously. So this Gog. We actually get his backstory here and it's actually kind of tragic. But anyway, so um, so Spider-Man says, you know, his name. So he, it's him in Boomerang. And he's like, yeah, his name is Gog. He's kind of my personal giant monster, meaning every time some villain of mine needs one as a heavy, for some reason, it's him. He's never struck me as all that bad, though, just loyal. Like he was doing what he was told. Truth is, I felt sorry for him. So, <laughs> yeah, Pete, Pete and Boomerang uh, adopt it. And so now you have Gog just like hanging out in, in their apartment oh, yeah. together. And then the, the last scene is this giant safe with like maximum security locks, Sinita showing up in front of it, bunch of explosions, but the, the door looks mangled, but it didn't open. And then that's it. Okay. So yeah, that was insane. Nothing major is just uh, now Pete has a pet. And then Nefaria and the Lethal Legion are back. Uh, oh, that was God. one of the things that show up. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. That was Amazing Spider-Man Volume 8. Um, Ghost Rider. I was kind of sad at how quickly they wrapped up a lot of the stuff that they were building up in Volume 1. Mm. I thought this was going to be kind of like the new Like a thing. long, slow burn kind of thing. Yeah. Um, literally, it just ends with... Danny Ketch being the spirit of vengeance and stabbing Johnny Blaze. Like the more evil he gets, the the bigger these horns start to grow. Hmm. Okay. Um, becoming more and more devil-like. And it just it just ends with Danny stabbing Johnny and with the sword, and the sword is for the spirit of corruption. And so it removes all the corruption within Johnny that oh. he'd been siphoning off. So basically he he Johnny was on Earth because a lot of demons were escaping to try to uh, go and free Mephisto from Hotel Inferno in Las Vegas, where he is currently captured, uh, imprisoned by Wong. Okay. Um, and so every demon that he hunts down and burns away, he's taking, he's getting a little more and more corruption in his body. And so as he's gone on this, you know, countrywide rampage, he's, gotten more and more corruption and so all it took quote unquote was danny to go and stab him with the sort of corruption now it's now we're good to go. No. okay <laughs> um so it was just like ugh. 
Danny is still Danny is still the king of hell. Sure. Um, oh, there's two things that I found out at the beginning, which I thought were kind of interesting. Um, so there's this girl, Lilith. She is one of Mephisto's like top lieutenants, henchmen kind of person. And we find out in here that this hell, this is the hell and the devil that existed for Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Right. Uh, yeah. Lilith is is um, the Adam's first wife. Or the other the other woman in, in uh yeah in Eden. Yeah, and so they just do a quick little show of that. Like God created Adam and then Lilith was like, Oh, cool, let's have babies. So they make yeah. a whole bunch of demon babies. God doesn't like it, and so sends down angels to kill all the demon babies and then banishes Lilith. So Lilith is hanging back out with Mephisto, and then he creates um creates Eve, and then so Mephisto and Lilith take the forms of you know a snake and a goat and yep. damn them all and all that <laughs> other good stuff uh-huh. so that was fun and so now that johnny blaze is on the throne lilith is trying to seduce him to be like hey you know follow my machinations and she, and he's like I, I know your past get over <laughs> it and so lilith goes to limbo to go and talk to belasco and is mm. like hey i want to forge a pact and belasco's like don't you have like some human on on the throne and she's like didn't you get overthrown by a child and so <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so basically lilith wants to hatch a plan for her and belasco to take over all of the hells mm, okay and so that's why belasco is willing to make danny catch a spirit of corruption uh because they want to he thinks that uh, that will help overthrow uh, Johnny from the throne. Um, mm. The only the only other thing is we find out that there are hundreds, maybe thousands of circles of hell. Um, That's a lot, right? Uh, and so John, <laughs> Johnny's fucked, talking Dante. about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Johnny's talking about it. he's only ever seen like as low as the eighth. Right. Um, circle of hell but there are hundreds maybe even thousands of circles um and so when someone when a demon tries to you know overthrow him he has uh he has them sent to the lowest layer of hell and um it is actually physically layers because you can actually mm-hmm. dig through um each layer of hell and so we have jack-o-lantern um doing that uh and he gets killed again so it's <laughs> kind of a non-issue yeah. um and then we just have uh blackheart who's mephisto's uh son getting involved and we don't know why and so mm. that's just the the last page is is blackheart um there's also an issue of ghost rider 20, 2099 because marvel cannot let go of 2099 <laughs> <laughs> it's not great but okay. um, we do get to see Detroit 2099, which is now called Transverse City. Uh-huh. And the entire city is on freeway and on wheels. Like there are <laughs> there are building there are building cars and vehicles that are just that's always fun. moving. Um, I feel like that's been a thing before, but yeah. Yeah, that, that's it. That's it's I, I've never be. read it, but yeah, it's, I feel like um, I've heard the, the name Transverse City before. And then, yeah, it's, it's, so this ghost writer um, is a hacker and when he's about to die, (laughs) 
he gets <laughs> he gets he gets approached by a Johnny a like digital Johnny Blaze, and this Johnny Blaze is the king of the digital hell because um, that's a thing. Okay, and uh, offers him the ability to become a spirit of vengeance, and he takes over this giant robot. Um, and that's kind of the black and white of that. So he, so Ghost Rider 299 kind of looks like if you blended a T-1000 Ash from Army of Darkness, because he has a <laughs> chainsaw for a hand, <laughs> and gave it a flaming skull. <laughs> okay. That's Ghost Rider 2099. Um, it's brutal. They're very okay with killing all kinds of people. Like everything is on moving vehicles. And so they just push them out of the vehicle of their like garage and like their face just like skid marks on the on the freeway. It's a whole thing. Wow. <clears throat> um and yeah, like it wasn't amazing. It was kind of a long issue. Uh but we got introduced to Ghost Rider 2099. Sure. We'll see if that becomes a thing. Oh my gosh. Okay. Avengers of the Wastelands. Uh, because it takes place in an alternate universe, I care very little about it. Sure. But basically, they, I it has assume they avenged the Wasteland. Ish. So <laughs> you have at the end of Old Man Logan, Reskull dies. And we have <clears throat> Dr. Doom assuming some mantle, uh, assuming some some extra territory. We have Danielle Cage, Luke and Jessica's daughter. Oh, yeah. Um, in, gosh. All right. So Old Man Logan in 616, he gets sent back to his um, reality after hanging That's out right. here for he a couple was, years. He was in 616 for a while. That's right. Yeah. He gets sent back to his reality. And we have Dead Man Logan. Because basically his healing factor is up. He's going to die pretty soon. He wants to die at home. Okay. So we go to Dead Man Logan, which went for more than one volume, which was surprising. But <laughs> in, that, <Still> dead. <laughs> in that, we get introduced to Danielle Cage. She picks up Thor's hammer. Uh, so she becomes the new Thor. We see Bruce Jr., who is a Hulk. And we get introduced to um, the new Ant-Man who has an Ant-Man helmet. It's just some guy gets some pin particles, blah, blah, blah. Sure. They team up to go fight Dr. Doom. And turns out Dr. Doom ha- is dying of uh, cancer. And he was trying to die a warrior's death, basically. Okay. Um, and so he was like, no, there's like no superheroes around. And so he tried making his own. He tried to make a new Captain America. One, only one of them survived. And then he decides to become a good guy. He it was Lieutenant Latveria or Lat, Latverian Lieutenant. Okay. Um, <laughs> and uh, gotta love that alliteration. Yeah. Gave him, gave him the superhero, super soldier serum. And then he defected. But that was all in hopes of fighting. He tried recreating Fantastic Four. All of those experiments failed because uh, he basically, if he wasn't going to die to another villain's hands, he was going to die to his greatest rival. Mm. Um, and so he, Doom had been going around taking out all the other big villains that never worked. And then making Fantastic Four didn't work. And so he... Uh, these Avengers, he basically manipulated events so the Avengers could come back together and be inspired to try to take him out, and he dies to them. Okay. No, sorry, they didn't kill him, but he's they're going to let him die of old age. Yeah, he tried to make a spectacle of it, but they're Avengers, and so they don't kill. Right. Daredevil, man, just the art was great. I shared 
I shared that one picture with you and the and the ethics guys. Right. Um, so basically, we have Matt Murdock training with Electra, hooking up with Electra, um, <laughs> and trying to get to the bottom of why are why was the police told not to get involved with Hell's Kitchen anymore? We have mm. um, we have a gang war going on between basically because Fisk is kingpin or is the mayor now. There's this power vacuum and the owl is making some serious moves with his gangs. And we uh, have Hammerhead and his gang and this other lady that has her own gang teaming up to take out the owl. And tensions are starting to grow. We have Detective Cole, who is a transplant, a transfer from, I think, Detroit, actually, or Chicago. And he's just Mm -hmm. he's a good cop trying to do what's right and so this whole blackout order on hell's kitchen isn't sitting well with him he has a small team up with matt murdoch matt is going around in like white and like a mask basically not he's not daredevil he refuses to be daredevil right now but you have all these daredevil copycats who are all just like hell's kitchen citizens that are trying to defend their neighborhood. Okay. Um, yeah. And so they all put on like a daredevil mask. And right. Get out there. Right. Yeah. Um, I remember these guys. Yeah. And so you have basically all that coming to a head. You have detective Cole uh, going to the precinct and being like, shit is going down right now with the gangs in hell's kitchen. I yeah. know some of you, I know some of you are still good cops. Any of you who are good cops, do you want to come with me and fucking deal with this? Yeah. And so, like, you kind of get a split between... It's like, it kind of looks like maybe two-thirds of the department get up to go and deal with Hell's Kitchen. You have you have Matt uh, kind of trying to get involved as tangentially as possible. Uh, he's teaming up with Cole to go and deal with Hell's Kitchen. And then that those rich siblings, the storm winds... Mm-hmm. First off, they call Kingpin, who's recovering from the beating that they gave him uh, last issue. Yeah. They, call, they call Kingpin. They're like, hey, there's cops showing up in Hell's Kitchen. We told you to back off of that. And Fisk is like, huh. And they're like, all right. So judging by your um, judging by your reaction and the fact that we told you not to do it. Right. You, uh, we're we're, uh, we're going to assume that this is out of your hands. So we're going to take matters into our own hands now. Bye. Mm. Um, and so they send these mercenaries out and one of them is Crossbones. One of them is, uh, is uh, Stilt Man. You have Rhino. <laughs> you have Bullseye. Oh, and God. yeah. And you have this other guy who's just straight mercenary. His name is Bullet. <laughs> Uh-huh. And so their orders are to cause as much chaos and mayhem as possible to bring down basically all of Hell's Kitchen. Destroy Hell's Kitchen. Mm, right. Uh, hence Rhino. But yeah. Um, and so you have, you know, all the things that you would assume would come from supervillains running amok, random chaos here and there. You have more and more people from Hell's Kitchen, more and more civilians standing up to defend um, everyone. You have Cole showing up. You have Sister Elizabeth in the church uh, trying to bring everyone into the church and save it to save them. Rhino says you have 10 minutes to get the church clear and then I'm bringing it down. And then you have, it basically ends with one of the Daredevil guys, one of the Daredevil personators dying in Matt's arms. Um, Right. Matt being like, 
this is this is wrong. I need to do something. So he decides he's going to get more involved. Good he old takes, Yeah, he takes that guy's mask and puts it on. Mm-hmm. Um, you have Sister Mary. Uh, hey. or sis, I'm sorry, Sister Elizabeth having a moment. And then all of a sudden she turns around and it's Bloody Mary. Typhoid oh. Mary. Um, so that's oh, a thing. Yeah. <laughs> And so she was apparently being brainwashed or has been brainwashed and has awoken. Oh God. And so she comes up, still has this dedication to the church. And so she basically sets Rhino on fire and is just like, you need to, you need to leave Rhino. This is, this is, these are my people. (laughs) Wow. So we have this kind of weird what's going on with, with Mary thing. And she's (laughs) typhoid Mary has never been like psycho for the sake of being evil. Right. Yeah. He's just unhinged. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and a, a real, you know, mad on for the patriarchy as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she, uh, she also has, she, I think she's got three personalities. Yeah. Uh, she's got DID. Uh, one of them is the pyro- pyrokinetic. The yeah. other one is the serial killer. And, <laughs> and uh, the, the third is kind of a balance between the, the three but but with a good heart so daredevil shows up and she's like hi and and he's like what and so apparently he knows that she was supposed to be brainwashed and so he's involved with that to some degree and he's confused that the brainwashing is worn off (laughs) daredevil goes around and deals with each villain accordingly and then uh when he's about to get surrounded and dropped kingpin shows up and man handles crossbones and so now you have kingpin and daredevil fighting back to back which is a scene (laughs) and then you have owl and all of the hired goons uh surrounding everybody trying to uh deal with all this and it basically ends with um the good guys winning typhoid mary is away uh daredevil asks kingpin he's like i thought she was supposed to be brainwashed and kingpin's like yeah i don't know what's going on so kingpin knows what's going on uh, knows how she's there why she's there but uh yeah, it basically ends with saving Hell's Kitchen. It's in flames. You have this like camaraderie, you know, don't mess with my neighborhood thing going on with the citizens. You have Fisk on camera defending Hell's Kitchen. You have Cole rallying his troops and telling his chief that after this is over, I'm switching to internal affairs. Do with that what you will. Okay. And there and Matt finally declaring that he is daredevil again nice um because he he realized that daredevil is bigger than himself so he's daredevil and then on camera on the news he says i've spent years defending hell's kitchen but i've also been accused of killing leo carraro this (laughs) man's brother um who's the guy in the uh in the background uh and because of that i'm turning myself into the authorities and that's how hmm. it ends. Okay. Um, and so I think the next volume will be like the trial of Daredevil. So I guess it's not the end of Zdarsky's run, but basically those 20 issues were, were Matt recovering and figuring out if he should still be Daredevil. And he has now decided I am, I am Daredevil. Okay. Nice. <sighs> okay. Um, still going. Keep going. Okay. So <laughs> now we have Iron Man 2020. Okay. It is not the big event that I thought it was going to be. Hmm. Um, Interesting. It, it was 
actually kind of lackluster. It basically, the purpose it served was getting Tony Stark to get a new armor. <laughs> um, <laughs> like that uh, doesn't happen under normal circumstances. I know. So, well, and then also, so the last Iron Man non-2020, okay, so Iron Man 2020 is Arno Stark Iron Man. Right. Um, the last Tony Stark Iron Man was at the end him realizing that he's an AI. He is right, yeah. not real uh, because his body was made in a lab or whatever. And he saw like the cells that said property of Stark Industries or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so Iron Man 2020 has Arno Stark using the God Killer armor, which was created in the Escape to defeat the baddies in the Escape. Uh, and so he has the schematics to create the physical God Killer armor. And you have Arno, basically his, he's had this vision and his entire guiding light for his entire life was that he needed to stop this entity from coming to earth and destroying everything. And he is... Arno just calls it this extinction entity, (laughs) but this is what it looks like. Yeah. Um, Big. And basically it says that it's what it's going to do is it's going to destroy the life forms made by man. And then it's going to destroy the men made by gods. Um, (laughs) And so uh, the takeaway there is that he's going to destroy all AI and then he's going to destroy all humans. Right. And so Arno, who has been planning for this his entire life um, Mm -hmm. from his iron lung and everything he's done up until then has been in preparation for this fight that he knows is going to happen in 2020. Uh, So, okay. his goal in Iron Man 2020, the robot revolution, is to unite all AI and all humans against this fight. Mm. So what he's doing is because there's all these fights of like AI rights and all this other stuff that mm-hmm. they were exploring in the last Iron Man. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Arno basically is going to try to launch this program into a satellite that will basically overwrite all of the AIs, give them the same like personalities and such, but uh, they will be slaves to Arno and dedicated to Arno. Oh. So he wants, so any computer that's connected to the internet will all of a sudden be uh, under Arno's sway. And yeah, then, so crap. once he gets that, then he can rally all the humans and take on the extinction entity. Mm-hmm. So you have that. So that's kind of his storyline. Um, and we find... You know, so we have the Uncanny Valley, which is the bar for for robots. Right. We have now we have the 13th floor, which is a pocket dimension on that is accessible by all elevators because humans don't have a floor 13. Yeah. And so because like superstition, all that kind of stuff. And so as long as all the elevator numbers go from 12 to 14, then you can get into an elevator and go to floor 13 and all and you basically your AI self shunts into this like pocket dimension. Yeah. Um, And it acts as the base of operations for the robot revolution. Mm -hmm. Uh, Robot revolution is mainly headed up by Aaron stack machine man. And uh, this guy who is dubbed Mark one. And it's this guy in the Mark one Iron Man armor turns out to be Tony Stark. And they're like, Oh my gosh, Tony Stark. He's like, no, that's not me. I'm Mark one. Like I'm, okay. I'm fabricated. I'm, I'm, I'm not yeah. real. I'm an AI. Blah, 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 blah. 
<laughs> so this basically becomes there there's like small tidbits here and there but the main point is it oh uh, yeah so all of the ais are um rallying to try to stop arno arno is working with sunset bane um of banetronics she's basically the latest and greatest tech mogul like like a justin hammer or yeah okay kind of thing yeah so they're doing they're running an assault on banetronics tower where they're going to launch the code and at the end of that battle you have arno being like okay fine if if you guys are going to be obnoxious and not (laughs) let me um enslave you all then clearly the only other option i have is to what if i did this on all the humans and so i'll get all the humans on my side and so Mm -hmm. he switches gears and so this is like the stretch that they have to make to make arno an actual bad guy he's very dismissive he's very dismissive of ais uh and depending on your stance on whether ais have rights Mm -hmm. you either care or you don't um (laughs) but because ais just aren't listening to him he then decides fine i'll get all the humans so he has this new plan to to get all the humans on the side which makes him an actual bad guy and tony stark has this like self soul searching moment of like yeah you know what i am tony stark it, it's like okay. it takes like five pages um <laughs> yeah and uh <laughs> uh it's basically like listen buddy you need to realize that like you know you uh you are all these different aspects you you've been through so much you you are tony stark and he's like you know what i am but i don't have a body and so uh, (laughs) that's a bit of a problem so there's this side plot where um uh pepper in her rescue armor is uh is tasked with going and getting biological dna samples of his two parents to create a biological a a clone that is a dna match for tony stark and not a like a test tube created i don't know it's yeah it's a stretch is, is yeah. what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not exactly convinced that this is more Tony Stark than the last version of right. Tony Stark, but yeah. now it's biologically t- Tony Stark on top of. As if there's, just, yeah, whatever so, difference that actually makes, sure. Right. They, they so, don't have, they don't have like the corporate logo on them. Exactly. That's all that matters um, is branding. Yeah. And so uh, we have Tony in this like, 13th uh, floor escape type area designing a new armor and this armor is like kind of holographic it look i've, I've sent you i sent the right like, yeah the hype so um it's like what's a good it kind of reminds me of the sh- overshield in halo like not that mm, you have played i don't think, i have but, not but i, I think <laughs> i know what you're talking um, about it's basically a shield that's around your body and you have yeah. to go through the shield before you actually hit the body um, right and when you punch it like that's when it like is visible that you you don't see it until there's impact yeah yeah um and so he has an armor that's basically like that 
And um, basically, uh, with crossover events and big storylines, usually you have the big climax and it's all solved in the last issue. <laughs> uh-huh. So we did that and it was mm-hmm. a little too perfect, only to find out that that was a function of Tony's armor. And what he did was trap Arno in a sphere of escape, a virtual reality, mm. where we watched Arno go and save the world against this extinction entity that doesn't exist. Oh. <laughs> well, it's not specifically concerned, yes or no, whether it exists. Right. He basically traps Arno in his own virtual reality bubble, and they do the whole world-saving thing. And and then we find out that it was just in the bubble. And so that's how he incapacitated Arno. And Arno's now passed out and locked up. So <sighs> it ends with Tony's new crazy armor. And Tony is Tony again. And the only yeah. thing that bothers me is it only took one volume. <laughs> Like uh-huh. last volume, he is no longer Tony Stark. And then Iron Man 2020 is six issues, and by the fifth issue, he is Tony Stark. <laughs> now, when 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 uh I'm curious about this because I I tend to go the other way, right? Like it, it like come on, you're just dragging out this conflict forever. Is it that you felt like there were more stories still to be told with Tony in that state? Oh, like why why am I why are you upset that, that it that it, it was that, so it, quick? that it happened quick? Yeah. Um because is it just like it gives the impression that it's not as big of a deal to to solve in reverse okay so i feel like it doesn't seem like something that you just get over sure like yeah like as far as screen time is concerned he like they shortcutted the process of it and didn't and didn't like they didn't go through all the ramifications of what the conflict they set up actually meant yeah because they they do this like they spent, you know, three or four volumes of Iron Man talking about the difference between, you know, uh-huh. is there a difference between artificial intelligence and regular intelligence? Right. Where, where the where are the lines blurred? The this like ethics conversation between the two. Right. And then you have Tony, who's always been an intelligence, is now an artificial intelligence. Right. Like, that's a big. That's a big deal. That's a big character defining moment, and especially for how low he got at the end of that volume, where he's. Like he's holding that drink and he's like, right. Oh, I'm only like 18, it doesn't even matter. Yeah. Old. I don't, this will be my first drink and yada, yada, yada. So um, is it that like, maybe also that there was a, a, a much larger like philosophical conflict that just got paved over in the interest like of it. like of of having an expedient plot and a, and a and a clean climax. Yeah, because like this and and the part of the problem also though is it's such a big topic that I don't think mm-hmm. there's any right way to address it. And like as, maybe as they as were like AI rights and all that kind of stuff. They were like biting off more than they could realistically chew in terms yeah. of like an, an actual philosophical story. Right. The same as like the whole Jean Grey figuring out world peace thing. <laughs> right. Like, exactly. Somehow yeah. you either have to blow the world's minds and <laughs> literally pioneer this idea. Yeah. Or you need a way to not have to address it anymore. Yeah. You have to write like not only way above your own head in terms of like intelligence and competence as a person, but also like to do this within the frame of superhero comics where the margin for, you know, digressive and wonky philosophical personal storylines without a tremendous amount of people punching each other. There's not a whole lot of room for that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh... 
So I, I liked it because I like Tony Stark's new armor. <laughs> um, <laughs> sure. But it just, there's like three pages of epilogue of just like, it, it felt, you know what? It felt very much like Iron Man 3. And I didn't like Iron mm. Man 3. Right. The, the, like the end of Iron Man 3 is just like, you know what? I don't need the suits. The suits don't make me. And then I'll, as the climax. And then he's like, you know what? No, I am Iron Man. And then let me, in, <laughs> in a cut scene, let me go and get the shrapnel removed from my heart that was the basis of the last two movies and then <laughs> let me and then yeah. the entire plot point behind pepper getting the extremists let me just go and solve that off off screen and right. sit and telling you that she's cured now like right. all this just wrap up in a bow when that's that's those are individual big plot points right like they just like yeah i'm good now and you're just right. like what so as an example, in the epilogue, they do the same process that they did for Tony for Rhodey. And oh. um, because Rhodey died in Civil War II. Right. Um, and he was uh, rebuilt in the same process that Tony had. And he has this major PTSD um, about being in armor again. And so oh. he's been avoiding being in armor. He has like this attack vehicle but it's, like, it's got a cockpit he's got space he's like he doesn't have to fight that claustrophobia ptsd yeah and then they rebuilt him and they just say in a in a speech bubble that that ptsd was a a defect in the programming of the body that he had and now that what? he's fully brought back he doesn't have it anymore and so he's uh, fine being war machine again like it's that kind of stuff that i'm like yeah okay yeah i'm with you that's that's horseshit <laughs> That's terrible. Um, yeah. And it's, it's kind of, it, it's insulting both to the, like to the reader in terms of like, yeah, like we, we set up things for you to care about, but then we don't care about them. Yeah. So here's, yeah. here's, here's three bubbles that just piss me off. So yeah. Rody says, you're saying my phobia about being back in the armor. And then Tony says caused by minor deviations in your genetic code. So any residual physical or mental problems you experience should be fixed. And then the next bubble ready but our bodies now have a resistance to the restoration process. We can't do this again, not without degrading the uh, nucleotides, <laughs> n- nucleotide links, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, Tony, I get it. No more get out of death free cards. Let's enjoy the moment. What do you say? But like, okay, so now they solved death. Yeah. <laughs> but only like, once. Well, we can't do it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, come on yeah that's Um, that's that's ridiculous it's 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 so it's so like kids movie wrap up yeah that like i just it's just bugged and then uh tony gives stark unlimited to this guy bang his last name is bang i forget his first name andy (laughs) andy bang b-h-a-n-g and it's bang robotics Mm -hmm. uh he was one of his head designers he's been a major character for um, the last few ish, few volumes of sure. of Iron Man, uh, but so he's the head of that company now. Pepper still owns Stark Resilient, which was okay. the uh, yep. Stark company that he introduced three uh, volumes, three um, stories ago, and that's still around. And that's After, all about it, that's all about clean energy and yeah. uh, renewable energy and stuff. After so, the whole secret invasion uh, siege thing, where he gets he was top of the world he gets knocked out of shield he has nothing and so he starts from scratch yeah yep okay so the side stories 
um, there's Forceworks Iron Man 2020, which has Forceworks, Machine Man, and Iron Age. And then we have I Wolverine, which mm. is uh, Rescue, Ironheart, and I Wolverine, two issues each. So Forceworks, you have it's led by Maria Hill. Um, okay. So this is what she's doing post Shield, basically. <clears throat> the members are War Machine, U.S. Agent, Quake, Mockingbird, Solo, and Gauntlet. Gauntlet got introduced in Iron Man um, like two years ago. He okay. basically this he is... basically has a giant alien gauntlet like Domino from okay. Dawn. Uh, oh, so this is a different gauntlet than the Dark Riders. Yeah, probably. <laughs> One of Apocalypse's henchmen. Oh, yes. This uh, is definitely different from that. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. We, yeah. So this, uh, I think this is three issues. We have Deathlocks all over the place in this place called Lingaris in South America. They were designed to fight Ultimo, which is an alien robot designed to kill planets. And it's like 60 feet tall. Their numbers, uh, so the plot is that the Deathlocks numbers aren't enough. And so they want to kill more of the human soldiers to create more Deathlocks. <laughs> um, and and so they're like yeah our, our numbers aren't enough so anyway it turns out modok created uh these death locks and he gives uh Rhodey a weapon to destroy ultimo's head and that'll stop him and so he does and then modok gets super excited and goes and merges with the ultimo uh body and <laughs> um <laughs> and he becomes ultimodok <laughs> Oh boy. It's real bad, but it's hilarious because Quake gives him shit. So it's, it's, it's an action kind of comedy with like little side uh, conversations. Sure. Um, and, and Quake, as soon as that happens, or may, might've been Bobby Mockingbird. Uh, they say, how did Modoc go from a big head on a small body to a small head on a big body? <laughs> because, <laughs> uh, because just Modoc himself is just so small compared to <laughs> Ultimo. And it looks ridiculous. <laughs> um, but it ends with Ultimodoc gets buried in the earth and then okay. they leave. So <laughs> Modoc is buried in south america somewhere sure um, and force works gets disbanded which i don't i think they it lasted like a volume <laughs> <laughs> um and then we have machine man this is aaron stack's side story uh he was supposed to be the backup plan on the assault on banetronics tower he left okay. because he saw jocasta leave jocasta and aaron are dating oh um, okay uh and they, they've they've been dating in like in the iron man stories that's why you don't know because it it's kind of a recent thing sure but anyway sure. so aaron stack is x51 mm-hmm. um his original like robot name or whatever yeah yeah um and so x1 through x50 uh. get revived by banetronics to fight him okay and then they made a new one called x52 and x52 is the upgrade the only real upgrade about it is that it has the arno stark programming to be loyal to arno oh, um uh-huh jocasta was the first victim to this arno programming and so they're put oh, together shit. they're they're now together and so jocasta okay. is dedicated to art to, to x52 and not to aaron um, right. Aaron Stack still wins. Essentially, they're trying to establish that. So what they're trying to do in these two issues is establishing that Aaron Stack has anger and consistency problems. <laughs> so Jocasta shows like the first time we see Aaron is like in his like X-51 body and trying to be it basically it was the conclusion of whatever his initial storyline was. 
saying that he wanted to just be a man, just wanted to live his life, blah, blah, blah. And then the show is a cut from him being like, die, fleshy ones. (laughs) um and and so jocasta is just like look how much you've changed in just a few years you have anger problems you have some issues but you know yeah you're you're defective like stop Mm. and so but it ends with aaron winning and cut and he ends up back in iron man 2020 so it's just a side mission Mm. story um but i think it's just kind of setting up for if they want to do more later Um, yeah 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 then we have the storyline called Midnight Wreckers, which we have a handful of people. Like we have this guy, this woman named Castle, a guy named Swift, a guy named Bags. All of them are one-offs that I guess they can use for later if they want. Because they have sure. these like nicknames, but they don't seem, we don't get explained what their powers, if any, are. <laughs> or anything yeah. like that. There is uh, this thing called the Artificial Life Army. It's um, a bunch of robots that are basically trying to do the whole robot revolution thing. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, we have Gears Garvin and Ralph Spaulding. Uh, they were introduced as people who are apparently important. I didn't know why until <laughs> until later, but Gears Garvin is Bags' uncle. He's kind of, he's basically the night nurse for, for robots. Um, <laughs> okay. So he's, you know, he's like- Put them all back together again. Yeah he, yeah. he will treat any robots good or bad, quote unquote. And then Ralph Spaulding seems to be like the money behind because he's running around in a suit and they're like on the run in garages and stuff but he's wearing a suit so whatever but anyway i found out later in iron age that uh gears and ralph know aaron from his origin story Mm. they're the ones that were hanging out with aaron stack back in the day yeah so iron age was just a side like hey this is happening also we get this woman, Alchema, not woman, she's a robot. She's mother prophet of the Opus Futurae. She has an adamantium body. Um, okay. And she gets a bioweapon that melts flesh. And um, <laughs> the robots that are trying to join the robot revolution realize that she's not good. And so they try to blow up the base that everything is at. And mm-hmm. she survives, but her army is gone. So she's starting over and then she just leaves. So sure, maybe she'll come back later. Okay. I'm in 2020. We have... I- Iron Wolverine. It's a Robo Logan who's created by Donald Pierce. Of course. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And again, different from like Albert or. It is Albert. Oh, it is Albert. Yes. Um, Was Albert created by Donald Pierce? uh, According to this, he was. Oh, yeah. I think he was. Albert and LCD. Yeah. Yep. They were both created by Donald Pierce. Yeah. So, um, so we have him and I uh, like, I, I've really enjoyed, I, you know, I've, I've now read pretty much all of Albert and LCD's uh, appearances. I really, really like both of them. Yeah. I dude, they have LCD uh, having W's for all of her L's. That is annoying. It's yeah. That was it's, the only thing I didn't like, but that is that hard is to read. Fine. <laughs> Um, and so we have Albert. I I just like that they're both just like super genius level intelligence, and they're oh really in, in, yeah, oh, and in well, just the most ridiculous packages. That is not portrayed here. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. No. They he Albert gets the name Albert because uh, after Albert Einstein mm-hmm. because they supercharge his something you know computing power, and all of a sudden he is like super genius level intelligence. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Robo Wolverine, um, Albert, he goes to Magipore to go to find LCD. 
um, yep. meets up with Tiger Tiger. Uh, yep. She tells him that Pierce has, uh, well, Pierce is the UN ambassador for Magipore because he oh, works God. with Rendy, the, the kid. Uh, uh, that's uh, right. God, I hate um, those kids. Yeah. And oh my gosh, they're so evil. Uh, they have, he basically, he works at this company called Reavers Universal Robotics. <laughs> and they made a big deal out of it being R-U-R. Huh. I don't know if it stands out to you at all, but no. Um, but anyway, it just it ends with Albert getting Elsie, and then they end up joining the big climax fight at the end. Cool. Um, Iron Man Rescue is two issues. The first issue of is Pepper going to Amanda Armstrong, which is Tony's biological mother. She's mm. a Shield agent and rock star. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> and then the second issue is her finding Jude, who is a Hydra agent. He has moved up. He's got a suit and he's got an office. He's not into like the green and yellow garb. The only other thing is there's this kid, Robbie Fleckman, um, who's a Hydra recruit. He seems like he might be used later because they okay. gave him a first and last name. <laughs> um, and then we have Ironheart 2020, uh, which is where I found out about the things that I've missed. Um, right. Basically just has a side there. They're in Chicago. It has uh, this guy, Andre Sims, who idolizes Arno and wants to impress him. And so as uh, this AI stuff goes on, he tries to do his own sort of slave AI thing. And so Ironheart gets involved. Well, Riri gets involved and sure. um, she doesn't, uh, she's, she's trying not to because of this law that is in place that I just found out about. And that law is basically no one under 21 is allowed to be a superhero. Oh, okay. And that's the outlawed storyline that I'm going to find out about. Oh, Um, okay. And the outlawed storyline comes right out of Marvel Incoming. And so I went and read Incoming and Mm -hmm. that was beautiful because it basically sets me for where I have to be on all of the books that I'm reading. (laughs) Because it basically, it spends two pages on like all these different people and and they're all quote unquote connected. Kind of like a a line wine, like status quo uh, setup. Yeah. So uh, there's that. So, okay. So let me talk. I guess I'll just do incoming real quick uh, because sure. I also found out about a book that you might want to read also because it's <laughs> okay. connected to Dawn. Uh, okay. For incoming, we come across this, this guy called the masked Raider. He has this celestial mask that seems to be connected to the universe. And it basically, whenever this guy puts it on, it like draws him towards something that may be of significance. Mm. So he comes across this guy who's murdered in an apartment. It's on the 30th floor and there are no, uh, there's no sign of it's locked doors, locked from the inside. Right. There's no sign of okay. breaking in and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 And so a uh, masked Raider is like, this needs to be, solved let me see who's around and he sees matt uh matt murdoch and electra training on a rooftop so we know where it's mm. at there yeah um, yeah yeah <laughs> and he basically he shoots at them to get them to come at him and then he brings them to this room uh knocks out electra and is like daredevil this you know <laughs> this is a crime scene i did not kill this man do uh you know something happened there's significance here do with it what you will and so uh-huh. matt goes and reaches out to jessica jones and he's like, yeah. hey, something's going on. There's no sign of Force Street. 
forced entry. It is eerily clean in here. I could use your help. And so this takes place. Um, I guess there's going to be a Jessica Jones book called Blind Spot, which I don't have. So I got to find mm. that. But it says <laughs> you can you can see more of Jessica Jones than that. Um, Jessica goes and investigates the crime scene. And there's the only thing on the walls is this uh, picture of the victim um, on a on a photo case. Um, yeah. And on the back, it says two-faced and a bunch of numbers and a Hala star, huh. uh, star of huh. Hala. And yeah. so she's like, oh, two-faced and a star of Hala. Let me call Carol Danvers. She's like, Carol's like, did you call me because of this two-faced thing? And because uh, this takes place right around where she uh, is attacking the rest of the Avengers that we oh, just covered right. like a month ago. So puts me in, puts me there. Hey. Um, and then... <laughs> And then she's uh, Carol's like, I don't know these numbers. I'm sorry. I understand why you called me, but uh, let me get some bigger brains involved. So she goes to the Avengers and she goes to uh, Black Panther is like, hey, can you like help me out with this? And uh, Black Panther's like, we've got so many things going on right now. We've got the um, we have the Squadron Supreme going on, which was in volume two of Avengers. Uh, We've got vampires, which was volume three. Um, (laughs) And like, you know, I'll do what I can, but um, uh, I may need to reach out to some other people. And she said, that's <laughs> fine. So, <laughs> and then uh, we get a reference to Annihilation Scourge, which is what happened right before this volume of Guardians of the Galaxy that I read with uh, Nova died um, fighting the Annihilation Scourge with the cancer verse showing up in the negative zone. Oh, uh-huh. And so uh, we have that. And then uh, we have her, we have T'Challa reaching out to Jimmy Wu uh, with the agents of Atlas. And he's like, hey guys, you know, can you help me out here? And we have them talking about, yeah, but you know, I got to keep an eye on Namor. There's some shit going down there. <laughs> um, and so you have like Arrow and Wave and all of them um, oh, being like, yeah. yo, something's going on in the oceans. I don't know what's going on, but hey, keep an eye out. Because uh, they're trying to find Albadeus Cho. Um, and so we go and look for Amadeus and they're like, yeah, we're, you're probably not going to be able to find him because of this whole stuff that's going on in the Senate uh, with this guy. So this, this is politician. really just like, it, it's really incoming. This is your trailer the, like yeah. for for an entire year of Marvel stories. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, and so the, uh, so um, this politician is making a lot of noise about about um, uh, underage superheroes. It's not might be a thing. Keep an eye out. Yeah. So like, hey, that's going to happen in Outlawed. And then they made a reference to Immortal Hulk. They made a reference. They made a reference to uh, Johnny Blaze uh, showing up in Las Vegas. Oh, so that geez. was one of Ghost Rider. Um, really, everything. Yeah, they talk <laughs> about uh, King and Black and Null showing up. Oh, jeez. Um, and so we've got uh, some of that going on. We have a little stint about Miles Morales. And then we have, it shows Mr. Sinister being like uh, going through the DNA that he has collected and like cataloging all the mutants. And he's like, yes, yes, yes. And then so he has, it shows him looking like he sees like Magneto. He's got storms. Like, yep, yep, yep. Got it. Got it. He sees legion and he's like no one has it <laughs> um, because they don't know where to find it and then we have mr m i don't know who yeah. that is he was early 2000s like right before m day in sort of mutant town he he was uh, an omega level mutant okay and he died so, yeah. he died he or he ascended to a higher plane of, ah, of existence. existence okay so it shows mr m he's like same nobody knows where to find that kid omega got it exodus got it Hope got it. Vulcan got it. And then Franklin Richards, he goes, need it. (laughs) 
I've, this. I've seen that that yeah. that scene. Fantastic part Four, of X Men. Yeah, it might be it might be part of an actual issue that in Dawn that will be covered in Dawn. Yeah, I thought I saw it in Dawn because it sounds familiar. Anyway, yeah. So that gets explored in X Men Fantastic Four. Yeah, when's that coming up for you? It looks like it takes place after Dawn Seven because okay. that's the only ones that are listed. Okay. So we may want to read that next. Sure, sounds um, good. But yeah, so Sinister slash Krakoa is going to try to get um, Franklin's DNA is the main point there. We have Teddy Altman and and uh, Billy Kaplan. Um, yeah. They're lovers and and uh, they're off doing their own things. And they come, they meet back in their apartment every once in a while and just mm-hmm. reinforce their love for each other. And then Teddy, who's Hulkling, leaves and uh, we'll have to find out what happens there. We have a visit with the Fantastic Four and Franklin. And this is where Val gets inspired by this AI revolution that seems to be happening and she mm-hmm. removes all the inhibitor chips in Herbie. Um, and <laughs> because in Iron Man 2020, Herbie is there for one, but two, <laughs> he's also cussing a hell of a lot. <laughs> huh. He just loves to cuss out people. And in this little two, three page preview or whatever, Val does that. <laughs> mm. She removes his chip and uh, gives him free will, basically. And Herbie's like, oh, yeah, I've always wanted to say this. Fuck you guys. Fuck you for making me do shit. I'm out of this fucking place. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) And then uh, we have Blue Marvel getting involved, uh, looking, uh, trying, everyone's trying to find the, the meaning behind this code. Okay. And Blue Marvel goes and finds Arno Stark and asks if he knows what's going on, what knows what this is and he doesn't and then we have reed richards going to jane foster and seeing if she knows what's going on and she's currently in the morgue office so we know where she is as far as time is concerned we know that this takes place right around iron man 2020 and we have the final one is we have a scroll and a Cree that were that were teamed up and are from that were introduced a hell of a long time ago not Uh a big deal they're they're um reed richards obviously villains sure and since their initial scuffle they have since teamed up to try to get home and they're checking in with each other kind of like secret agents whatever turns out the code means was hexadecimal code and it was a phrase that said beware the trees (laughs) don't know what that means but as soon and so the kree is the one that was dead um the guy the murdered person was the Cree agent and we found the scroll and we told the scroll beware the trees and he's like and he says no we'd heard rumors but that means the danger is real we we may already be t- too late m m pris will will fall and then freaking a tree sprouts out of his mouth and explodes out of him out of his body and he dies oh and um now there's a tree on this random roof in new york okay <laughs> And then, yeah. And then we get to, we get to see where Teddy went, where Hulkling went. Teddy is the son of a scroll and a Cree. Right. Um, and he was prophesized to be like the end of the Cree scroll war kind of a thing. Right. Yeah. And so we see him with a sword and he comes out and he is addressing a giant mass of Korean scrolls. He mm. calls them my people, says, you are free. You are Cree and you are scroll orphans of Scrollos, orphans of Hala, because both of their home plants have since died. <laughs> of um, course. Your war has 
has run hot and cold for a thousand years since the dawn of civilization as we know it. Your conflict created the star sword I hold. Your conflict created me. I am the living embodiment of your war, and today I call an end to it. By prophecy and destiny, by my decree and your acclaim, the twin empires are one. We are one people, our people. I am Dorek the Eighth, and the once and future king of space. I am your emperor, and I say we no longer, we are no longer Cree or Scroll. We are the Alliance. And in the galaxy, we have only one enemy, this enemy, and it's a hologram of earth oh. make ready the fleet join our forces as one we journey to the soul system the final war begins now coming april 2020 empire well shoot all right so now we know what empire is about hey, now we know what it is <laughs> here it comes oh my gosh uh so before i read empire i need slash want to read uh, x-men fantastic four and outlawed which is like two books well, um, i'll read that with you just tell me when you're reading it. And then I have Guardians of the Galaxy and Star. But so Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, nothing major happens. Rocket decides he's happy after his like after that near-death experience. Um, there are two uh, Guardians teams, Novar, Marvel Boys back. And there are two Moon Dragons. The Moon Dragon and Phyla Vell that um, are lovers uh, are from a different reality, a superhero reality. They are basically the perfect versions of themselves. Okay. Um, and now that they're here in 616, we have 616 Moon Dragon kind of being like upset because this Moon Dragon is like the perfect entity, never had strife, never had pain like she does um, or did. Basically, the main takeaway, there's, there's some good plot points to talk about sure. at some point, but the main takeaway is um, the two Guardians teams are back together, are together now. Um, the Greek gods are resurrected and going around space trying to kill people and that was their main conflict and only seven of the gods have been brought back we have hercules joining the guardians and we have the two moon dragons kissing and merging into one sweet so now we have all right this insanely overpowered potentially <laughs> one moon dragon. Okay. Um, the 616 moon dragon, uh, after our Philavel died, um, she did this whole metamorphosis, turn into the dragon of the moon. Oh, thing. right. Um, I think I remember so, that. Yeah. And so now, so she's, you know, she can turn into this dragon. She's a super, super powerful telepath and yada, yada. Moon dragon from the hero verse couldn't do that. And now they've merged. So we'll see what happens there. Okay. <sighs> um, nothing major to write home about star. Like I said, she's basically captain Marvel's venom. Right. Uh, she was a reporter that was supposed to write a piece about captain Marvel gets caught up in, her battles. Dr. Minerva gives her some powers. Powers go haywire. She starts, she wants to be a, a superhero. Doesn't happen. Powers go haywire. Carol rips the machine out of her chest. And so now she has this PTSD. Well, so <laughs> she has this PTSD of Carol punching a hole through her. Um, she has these panic attacks, but main point, she ended up getting powers because the reality stone is merged in her body now. Oh, oh, okay. So in at the end of Infinity Wars slash Infinity Warps, uh, Adam Warlock activated all of their personalities, all of those all of the infinity gems have their own personalities and they can make their own decisions now. And uh. so they shot out into the universe to go and choose a host basically. Okay. And the reality stone chose this woman's star. Chose her. Interesting. Um, 
And so it was kind of like poking around to see how, you know, what would someone do with a reality stone? <laughs> uh, yeah. What would a disgruntled, angry person do with a reality stone? Um, yeah. And so Carol obviously gets involved here and there. Scarlet Witch gets involved and is trying to let her know that when you have control of reality like that, you need to be careful. I've made mistakes in my life. <laughs> Please listen to me. But she doesn't listen to her because she's angry. Um, yeah. The Black Order gets involved. Uh, we find out that the Black Order has been hanging out on Earth in disguise and just trying to lead a, lead a peaceful life uh, without <laughs> Thanos. Weird, um, but okay. And then the Infinity Stone shows up, and so now they get involved. So the Black Order um, agrees to leave her alone. She's walking around. Um, and is just learning how to use the powers of the reality stone. Okay. And we'll see where that goes. It was a one shot. Uh, so I assume sure. she's just going to show up in other, in other books, other titles. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. And that is all that I read. <laughs> yeah. You, you deserve a deep breath and a round of applause. Oh after that one. I need, I need a cigarette. I'm so sorry. That took so long. <laughs> It's okay. Uh, yeah, working against my hard stop here, but let's see if I can get through all my books in 15 minutes. So Kitty Pride, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. So GW Bridge shows up on Mirror Island because literally every single person in S.H.I.E.L.D. is locked out of helicarrier security systems. And they have some indication that it will only respond to Kitty. So it's, it's, it's kind of like doing te- like being conscripted into doing tech support for your grandparents except it's dumb, dumb Dugan. (laughs) Oh my God. It's like, Hey kid, you know how to program the VCR. You know what computers are. Come here, help me with this thing. It's really what it felt like. Uh, Anyway, it turns out that Ogun did it. (laughs) Fucking Ogun. Oh, all right. Uh, So he possessed uh, Deathstrike in the last, his last appearance in uh, Wolverine, I think. And it gave him the idea of, of taking on a cyber consciousness. And so he possessed the helicarrier, obviously the next step, and used this big conceit to lure Kitty onto the thing, still trying to possess her as his eternal demon ninja host, et cetera, et cetera. In, in the midst of it, so Excalibur has been going through this mystery of where's Lockheed. He's been like in these caverns or, or these like sewers underneath the, the Muir Island facility being like tortured by something or or you know just captured and and held against his will in this the mystery is solved he was in her purse kitty has this weird love and i'm i hate like reading these and then just like dunking on it the whole time but like this was bad there's just nothing else to talk about here except all the stupid shit that happens like kitty has this like flirtation with this shield agent nerd because they're now that warren ellis is off the book they they're trying to break up her and Pete Wisdom and so anyway so she's you know on this Ogun possessed helicarrier it like takes a dive at the Brooklyn Bridge ends up narrowly missing underneath Wolverine happens to be riding around in costume on his motorcycle and he's like I don't know like half a mile away from the bridge or something you see the bridge in in the background and maybe not half a mile but he's like you know some distance away and you see the helicarrier just like tiny up. 
And he's like, wind is shifting, catching scent off the carrier. Kitty. Just okay. like, yeah. <laughs> and, and so three panels later, he's on the bridge and he's riding up the, the suspension bridge cable okay. on the side. And then he jumps off the bridge onto the helicarrier, but they don't even like show it as like a cool, like it happens mostly off panel. Like you think, oh, cool action hero sequence. Like, no, they just like narrate it and move. <laughs> on it's just uh, they just tell you so what many, happened they just tell you what, it's just come on dude like if, if you're gonna make this really stupid thing happen at least like make it look cool but they don't and then i don't know how to say this delicately they almost do 9-11 <laughs> like the helicarrier nearly crashes into the world trade center no <laughs> oh good how dare you <laughs> It's just, it's just so dumb. It's just, everything is just so dumb. Um, anyway, guess what? They fix it. It's, you know, there are no consequences at the end. It all right. goes back to status quo normal. Next was Wolverine Days of Future Past. Now, crucially, this takes before, this takes place before the original Days of Future Past storyline. Okay. Because Wolverine gets annihilated down to a skeleton by a sentinel oh, blast in that. Right. And unlike in that ridiculous run, he can't regenerate himself from a single drop of blood. So dumb. <laughs> There's a 9-11 reference in here too. Again, these were written in 1998 where it says, welcome to the 21st century. It's a time of desperation and death for the United States. A country where the words liberty and justice all for all have no longer have meaning at the dawn of the millennium, you know, and it's just like, oh boy, <laughs> uh, some real foreshadowing. Uh, but they're trying to do this thing that you see sometimes in alternate reality stories where they like revisit it, but they have to figure out where all of the characters that they've introduced in 616 since they did the original storyline were for right yeah so yeah. this is jubilee sink and leech are like part of this underground jubilee and sink are a couple and they meet up with magneto who isn't yet in a wheelchair like he is in the original days of future past story uh he's looking for wolverine in order to save the world from environmental devastation which is being caused by a captive and tortured scarlet witch exploiting her powers Mm -hmm. uh, to cause disasters at all is secretly engineered by Shinobi Shaw, who is being aided by uh, Psylocke, who is willingly right now the Red Queen of the Hellfire Club. And she has the Crimson Dawn dagger over her eye still. So maybe that was supposed to be a thing that was going to turn her into a villain at some point. Mm -hmm. uh, and also, I didn't, know, this I didn't, sorry, I didn't know yeah. Red Queen. This is, is that the first time we've seen? I didn't know Red was was available <laughs> red was part of the british hellfire club uh yeah and it was i was actually introduced in warren ellis's run on excalibur there was the 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 and one of the antagonists of that was the british hellfire club okay. and it's black and red there instead of black and white Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so yeah, it's it's Shinobi Shaw, Psylocke, and then this mysterious character named Midnight. Wolverine is 
looking around in Moscow for uh, Amiko, his foster daughter, who's been thought dead. Turns out that character Midnight is Amiko and was sent by the Silver Samurai to infiltrate the Hellfire Club. So another just interesting like little bits of like how they fold the continuities together. Uh, in this, turns out Wolverine, er, that Magneto did take out Wolvie's adamantium in Fatal Attractions in the intervening years, but that he got it back somehow. So, you know, at this point in 616, he still has bone claws. So, you know, uh, big all, hmm, okay. Uh. They also talk about Magneto's time in some sort of like terrible thing, like what really happened in Genosha, which foreshadows Magneto's sort of Eve of Destruction, Magneto War, E for Extinction sort of arcs in Genosha. And Magneto's like, I don't want to talk about it. So those were all storylines that were about to happen in the next three years in 616. Cool. Um, let's see. Zemo shows up as like a um, an underling of the Sentinels. And he has... Yeah, he has a Thunderbolts team who's like tracking down Charlotte Jones and the human resistance. Uh, Leech and Sink meet up with them, but, you know, they get captured, blah, blah, blah. I have a note here. I don't remember what this means. Oh, yeah. Psylocke like uses her psychic knife to make Wolverine feral again. And then Magneto and, and Jubilee finally find Wolverine, but he's feral. And so Magneto just like floats him all the way to Emma Frost to set him right <laughs> and do some psychic surgery. There's some sort of hint at a conflict between Emma and Jubilee, perhaps foreshadowing something that's about to happen in Generation X. And then the whole cast ends up at Shinobi Shaw's base for a big climax. Amiko, you know, does her uh, traitor against the Hellfire Club turn. Wolvie rescues Wanda. Magneto tracks down an escaping Shaw and rips apart his intangible atoms with his magnetic powers. Oh, like when, like how he pours a bottle of wine with his magnetic powers? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's saying like, oh yeah, you're intangible, but you're, you know, the it's still like an electric field or something that holds your body together when you're intangible. So he just rips it apart and he just poofs and he's gone. Wow. Yeah. What are I Shinobi mean, Shinobi Shaw's powers? Intangibility. That's it? That's it. Oh, so he, okay. Yeah. Okay. So either this is all horseshit or he could have done this to Kitty Pride at literally any moment. Right. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Interesting. So that's fine. Uh, then he gets thwacked by a steel beam, which like, hello, you're Magneto, but that causes his paralysis. That's what? all I have. Yeah. Oh, how ironic. That's amazing. Uh, right. Oh, that's no. All, I have. all right. Tales from Age of Apocalypse, Sinister Bloodline. So again, this takes place in Age of Apocalypse before all of the mainline Age of Apocalypse stories happened because they destroyed the universe at the end of it, except they didn't. But anyway. But they didn't. Yep. <sighs> Um, so in this Corsair returns to earth and he's kept Ooh. as a lab rat of sinister for five years and then has a reunion with Alex and Scott. He also has brood. Uh, sinister also has brood laying around. Oh, no, 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 no. Sorry. Corsair is infected with the brood uh -huh. and there's a big thing. Uh, also Robbie Robertson and Misty Knight show up, but yeah, it's, it's kind of a cool thing is like, well, what, why wasn't there any space shit going on in age of apocalypse? Like this, you know, was another thing that like the X, men saved the world uh, from and if they weren't there then why didn't we get right. destroyed by brood or you know M. Cron Crystal C yeah all of this well Cedri only showed up because of Corsair in the first place but anyway <laughs> Next, I've got a short arc on Wolverine, which was written a little guest arc by Warren Ellis. And oh. 
obviously Warren Ellis, there's problems. He does, you know, feel like even though I love his writing, I can't spend all that time talking shit about Scott Lobdell and, and not mention Warren Ellis uh. in the same breath. But uh, yeah, it it also so is sad. just like I, I'm reading through this. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is like this is like a really competent script. And like, you know, like the action beats work well. And like, you know, like they, they show a car chase scene. And you like feel the car chase, you know, mm. and you're like, oh, this is like a compelling series of panels that tell a story in action. Yeah. And, and, and I'm like, and it's just like none of that in so much of 98. It's just like such bad craft and then like it's immediately noticeable and also uh the artist by Lionel francis Yu, who is the current uh penciler for x-men in mm-hmm. don of x so anyway this has wow, been, been his working for a long time yeah uh, starting at issue 113 this is 119 through 122 in this story he's been on wolverine since 113 and that was his first ever marvel work wow this also means that this is the very end of uh larry hama's run on wolverine which lasted 90 issues Issues, just the almost the entirety of the 90s very impressive yeah it's almost eight years yeah so anyway there's a flashback wolverine is at a bar in hong kong with this guy who calls himself the world's best killer he says he's averaged you know x number like 12 kills a year for 30 years or whatever so like 450 he's he estimates about 450 people he's killed as a contract killer over the course of his lifetime he's just rookie numbers (laughs) well but he's all of them one by one right like all of them contracts yeah 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 and he's this they call him this drunken evil scotsman named mcleish uh anyway wolverine's dating this girl named ai chai mcleish kills his dad awesome car chase Case. Uh, McLeish is presumed dead at Wolverine's hands and then Logan and then flashback to the present. That all took place 10 years ago. Flashback to the present. Logan is coming to his East Village apartment that we talked about in the last arc. Uh, he discovers an adamantium shrapnel bomb and, you know, it goes off and blah, 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 blah. Wolverine realizes McLeish has had 10 years to plan this. And he thinks that Wolvie still has his adamantium skeleton. So he's planning like overkill based on what Wolvie is capable of now. <laughs> anyway, there's a giant cat and mouse game to lead Wolverine upstate when the weaponry gets deadlier and deadlier. There's this question, where does he get all this adamantium that's never answered, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> and it turns out there's all these like weird twists of lies and deceit. McLeish is trying to, to die, you know, but also trying to kill Wolvie. Big, long thing, whatever. And by superhero. Yeah, basically. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll do these last two real fast. Heroes of Reborn, The Return. Oh, yeah. Uh, they return. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, through a door. More or less. Yeah, it, it, they fill four issues out, but basically it boils down to that one sentence. It's a real waste of Peter David and Salvador La Roca. Hulk has been having these energy surges in 616, which give him like a lot of power, but are killing him because of his disconnect from Bruce Banner, who went, you know, threw himself into the onslaught plasm at the end of onslaught Marvel Universe. Anyway, uh, there's this celestial named Ashema who can, uh, who contacts Franklin and says, so the heroes reborn universe that you made this is proof that your powers uh put you into our ranks like you belong with us as gods and there's nothing left for you on earth but you know we need to clean up some stuff so you have to choose between us destroying 616 or us destroying the counter earth pocket dimension that you created Uh and so he goes to counter earth 
also 616 Hulks and Spider-Man are also sucked into Counter-Earth and don't do anything plot relevant while they're there. It's just like a Hulk on Hulk fight and that's it. Spider-Man literally does nothing. And then there's also 616 Doctor Strange who stays in 616 and takes the ball. He also doesn't do anything plot relevant, although it really seems like he's going to several times. Franklin goes to Counter-Earth, freaks the hell out of his parents. Uh, They convince all the heroes plus Doom to make a trip back through the negative zone. Doom betrays them. He and Thor are split off. The Hulks merge. Everyone gets their memories back. Franklin teaches Ashema the power of humanity, blah, blah, blah. And Ashema uh, allows the rest of Counter-Earth to exist within herself. Uh, The heroes were born Bucky. Ricky Barnes gets left behind. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was reading the wiki and apparently 616 Doom stays in Heroes Reborn for a while and just takes it over. Uh... Okay. Yeah, but none of that is part of this. It just Ricky was... Ricky is in six one six now. Yeah, yeah. She gets sucked back eventually. She's so, weird. Yeah. And they just okay. Yeah. They did a whole yeah. story about her coming over here and they just haven't used her since. Yeah, too too many characters. It's it's just really like, hey, you all remember this, right? We don't have any inter- ent- anything interesting to say here, but you remember it, right? You remember. You exactly. Remember. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. Last one. Quicksilver. It, right. You you really want wonder why marvel went bankrupt like you really <laughs> wow <laughs> and just as a reminder yes this is like the 14th ongoing x-men related ongoing series that we have right now this is the conflict that colossus walks to uh mount wondegore arc was the commercial for uh-huh so anyway uh, biggest note here is that fabian cortez is back again for some fucking reason so his first appearance was in x-men the adjectiveless x-men series that got introduced in the 90s issues one through three he killed magneto and all of the other acolytes for the upstarts competition and then he recruited together a second acolyte team and bragged about killing magneto so they all abandoned him uh <laughs> and then magneto returned fatal attractions happened he wasn't part of that at, at the end of that magneto's mind wi- magneto gets mind wiped and cortez kidnaps luna and starts the blood ties event uh which is like a civil war on genosha between the mutates and the humans exodus who had taken over the mutant the acolyte since then kills him then he's mysteriously back in the joseph magneto limited series guess what he betrays joseph and the acolytes again and they kick him out now he's back again and he's trying to betray them again so it's some serious fucking starscream syndrome where it's like yeah at a certain point, just like, fuck this guy. Get rid of him. Right? If it's fool me thrice. <laughs> if it's fool me literally every single time. <laughs> like, there's never a moment where Starscream or Fabian Cortez aren't trying to usurp. Maybe maybe it's a, maybe it's a, a keep me on my toes. Make, <laughs> right. make sure I don't gotta, go stale. Gotta keep me sure. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy. Speaking of the Genosian Civil War, there are some mutates fighting alongside the Acolytes here, which is just a truly baffling acknowledgement of continuity. I didn't think that they had it in them to remember a storyline from five years ago. This is all in Quicksilver? This is all in Quicksilver. Yeah. So the the plot of Quicksilver is that Luna is on Mount Wondergore and the Acolytes 
are attacking it i forget in this whether they're attacking because they are insulted by uh the high evolutionary trying to take you know mutation and evolution into his own hands whereas this is like a mutant supremacy issue or if this Mm. is about luna being magneto's granddaughter i know they've done both a couple times Like this exact conflict between the Acolytes and Wondegord. But anyway, I guess it's true that they didn't need Colossus in the fight because this whole plot is resolved in one double-sized issue. One takeaway is that there's a traitor in Wondegord feeding info to Exodus. At the end of it, Pietro is knighted as a knight of Mount Wondegore, and he is leading all of the new men, the up-jumped, evolved oh. animals. So we all know Bova. Bova's a non-combatant. There's also bear guy, dolphin guy, ram guy, tiger guy, crocodile guy, dog guy, a talking rat, who is that Lady Vermin character who I was talking about before, yeah, uh-huh. and uh, <laughs> a character named Anon, who is an unknown man- animal under a mask. And everyone's like, there's something weird about you. There's a traitor. Huh. We're not going to put those two things together. And the the next two issues that I read involve uh, Thundra, who has been drugged mm. by some bald dude in uh, the Polamachus realm named Cranus to go on a rampage in New York. Polamachus realm and, you know, like a street corner in New York keep changing places. I don't know any of the lore of Polamachus or Archon or Thundra, and the comic isn't good enough to make me interested. So I'm just going to leave it there. They fight. It ends. Uh, The art teams in this change every couple pages. So Mm. it's just like truly like they didn't give a shit and they're not trying. I have one more note here. Issue three, page 20 is just the dumbest couple pages in the world. So let me (laughs) pull this up and then we can sign off. Oh, yeah. So anyway, they get Thundra back to her right mind to team up with Archon, yada, yada, yada. They put them on like a teleportation disc or something to get them back to Earth. And the the whoever is running the teleporter is like, the spatial pattern say your grasp of the subject will soon incomplete. Oh, so they're on the teleportation disc and it's like powering up for a teleportation and tiger dude says and do try not to damage the fabric of time and space and right then there's a big like shock panel of you know pietro screaming and and onomatopoeia of frank and it's raining he's and he says that was wrenching but we seem to be back on earth all nights accounted for nights where is everyone we must have gotten separated i hope they oh look it's finally stopped raining And quite abruptly, how odd, as if someone willed, oh my God, it's just like she would have done with her elemental powers for a foam, for a moment, oh, Crystal died at at the end of Onslaught. She jumped into the energy and for a moment, it felt like I never lost. And then she just appears right behind him, puts her hands over her eyes, his eyes and says, guess who? Like, this is how you return to, from death to to greet your husband? (laughs) And speechless for once, not even a hello for your long lost wife. Crystal, I, I never said goodbye. And it's like, I don't know. It's just terrible, man. I, I'm at my breaking point. You read it. It's done. I read it. It's done. And you know what? Is there what? more issues? Yeah. Yeah. This goes on for 12, 20 issues, something like that. This was only three. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm not I'm I'm not going to read comics next week except for Fantastic Four X Men with you. Uh, next week I'm reading. Uh, I I, I want to talk about this novel I've been reading because I, I I'm actually enjoying that a lot. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So next week I'm gonna read like some pre Empire stuff, and then the week after that I'll do the deep dive into Empire. All right.
So well, next week, great we'll talk. dive into your book. But anyway, uh, yeah, we got to go. Great so, talking to you. Um, we're going to put the outro music, music right yeah. here. And Excellent. then um, I will catch you next next week. So, great talking to you, man. You guys, you're going to be in Florida? Yep. Right? Yep. So we'll have to find a different guy. Okay. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.